Hey there, listener. I know you're dying to get to today's juicy, juicy episode, but real quick, we wanted to tell you something special. If you hadn't heard, we are coming out with an actual play Dungeons and Dragons show. It's going to be called Pact and Boon. And if you listen to the end of today's episode, you can actually hear the first part of episode one. Now, if you want to make sure you don't miss the launch of this new show, go to sessionzerostudios.com slash guild and sign up to join our free community where we'll announce all of these things. But again, if you listen to today's episode all the way to the end, you'll hear a snippet from the first part of the first episode and tell us what you think. But uh, in the meantime, let's get back to today's show. Hello, and welcome to How to Be a Better DM. My name is Tanner Wayland, and together we will learn about how to prepare the best adventures and environments for our players to enjoy. And of course, for us as DMs as well. Uh, I hope you're all doing well. Uh, I know I am. It's, uh, it's been a busy week, but I always enjoy uh, taking a second and sitting down and sharing some tips about uh, how to be a better DM, you know, like the title says. Uh, once again, I'm very grateful for all of you that listen to this, and I, I hope that you come away with uh, some suggestions. Uh, today, we're, we're actually going to uh, put off the announcements, um, and I'm just going to hop right in. So today's topic is uh, combat tips for your D&D session. Uh, now, why, why do I bring this up? Uh, so combat tips, in a way, you know, having a fun combat is kind of foundational to having a good, a good D&D experience. Uh, wh why do I say this? So D&D, actually, before it was created, it, it, its predecessor, if you will, uh, is uh, were the war games that they had uh, at the time. Uh, those were just basically kind of like miniature figurine battle kind of situations, uh, where it was just kind of numbers, and, and that was it. And then people with time, you know, like Gary Gygax and a few other people, they saw the potential there and they turned it into more of a role-playing situation. Uh, so in a way, you could say that the combat aspect, more than, you know, the role-playing and the conversational aspect, uh, the combat part is almost more foundational. And that's why it's, uh, it's very noticeable <laughs> when you don't have very fun combats. Uh, and, and sadly, I think that a lot of DMs, you know, and players, uh, it's certainly not a, you know, a one-person show. If combat's not going great, it's often because everybody's not uh, contributing uh, as much as they could be. But as DMs, you know, you, you have a lot of ways that you can change it, uh, turn it for the better. Um, I think we've all been there where you and your players, you know, you begin an encounter maybe with some a good amount of excitement. Uh, but then after a second, it starts dragging on and on and on. And then the players are just hoping that, you know, this pack of goblins or this swarm of rats will just, you know, die sooner rather than later so that they can get onto the things that they're actually more interested in. And, and like I said before, that, that kind of sucks because if anything, the combat should be an exciting thing for them. Um, and so, you know, aside from players just hoping it gets over, I think a few other scenarios that I've seen uh, where combat has, has dragged on, not been great, is, you know, a few signs that it's not going well, 
is when the melee types, especially who don't have all these different spells, uh, when the melee types are like, okay, I attack, same as last turn, <laughs> and you feel the energy just kind of just draining out of their voice. Um, and then, you know, on the other hand, uh, you can see it when the players who have more flexibility, you know, when they're just spending longer on their turn just because they don't they don't know what to do. They want to do something exciting or cool, but they're not sure how. Or, or even worse, they're just trying to see how they can get the encounter over with sooner. So they're just using their full length turn, right? Uh, and then sometimes you just notice that the player, you know, maybe the player that you got to join the campaign, even though they weren't sure, uh, whenever you see those types of players, uh, newer players often, uh, who just are just sitting back and kind of just autopilot, that's when you know that the combat encounter hasn't been set up well or that the little tips I'm going to present ha haven't been followed uh, because it makes the combat drag. Uh, so without further ado, let's hop into tip number one, speed it up. Uh, I, I can't tell you how much this will help you. And I also, the reason why, I, I'm sure you've heard this before, that, you, oh, you should time your turns. A lot of DMs have heard this, especially if they've had a problem with combat. But not all of the DMs have actually uh, actually been able to keep that going. You know, maybe they time turns when it becomes really obvious that the turn is going too long, you know, after like seven minutes or something. And if you're waiting for that, then basically you've already not lost the battle, but you've kind of set a precedent for the uh, for the combat encounters to, you know, have less energy because that's what it is, right? Uh, speed and turnaround and, you know, the speed at which you cycle through the players, that's energy. Just, you know, if it was an equation, then it would be speed of turn uh, plus the players having to make a decision uh, equals better more energetic combats it's probably a terrible equation don't don't actually write that down <laughs> but uh but if you can just keep things fast then you're gonna have more energy you're gonna have more goofs which is always kind of fun you're gonna have more natural gameplay as well um and fewer board players uh, now the rule of fun obviously applies so what i'm saying is you probably want to have like, oh, we're going to give everybody a minute to decide, right? If you're if you're feeling like your players really could benefit even from a two-minute turn, you could do that. But you should just make a habit every turn, time it, you know, one, two minutes, and then give the players warning. Be like, okay, you got 15 seconds left. Got to say what you're going to do or else you're just going to do a normal attack. Um, and... But if you're seeing that, like, it's a really funny situation, maybe the player wants to have, like, a conversation uh, with the enemy or with each other, or they're doing something kind of wacky or insane, you know, if, if it's fun, go with it. This uh, speeding it up rule isn't a tip, isn't supposed to prevent fun. It's supposed to enhance fun. Um, so if, if the turn's going fun, then no need to cut it short. But otherwise, just have your default be... You know a minute timer and if you hit that minute timer and it's really fun don't tell them about you know that the time's up um but if they're just kind of going slower be like okay you got 15 seconds keep it going uh, and that'll help them also just be ready ahead of time um and then uh beyond that uh tip two 
I would say, be descriptive. Now, when I say this, I think a lot of DMs take this uh, tip for granted, kind of like the speeding it up tip as well. Um, you have to be very deliberate with uh, descriptive combats. Uh, here's what I mean. First off, you, the DM, have to put in a lot more effort because it comes across as hypocritical and also uh, it doesn't really set the tone when you're telling your players, it's like, hey, tell me what that normal attack, the you know, the third one in a row that they've done, tell me what, you know, what it looks like. If you're asking that of them, but then your goblin is over there and you're like, okay, goblin swings a sword. Oh, I rolled a 10, not enough to hit. Okay, next turn. If you're not kind of setting the example by being like, okay, roll the dice, then the goblin picks up the sword, swings towards you, you block it, and as you're close, the goblin snarling spittle from its fangs kind of flies onto your face, and you can see that it's just, in its eyes, it's just hungry. It's hungry for what it thinks that you can give it. You know, whatever you do, you just have to show that kind of descriptive um, combat and then your players will feel better about doing it naturally uh, another thing to keep uh, in mind is just set the expectation of descriptiveness especially if you're trying to keep rounds short uh, then you don't necessarily have time to be like okay the player said that they were going to strike you know with their sword um, and then you know you have to be like well what does that look like it, and some players don't love it when they're when the speed and kind of the uh, pace of the action is slowed down by you being like, okay, what does it look like? But if you take the um, the initiative, you know, at the start of the combat to be like, okay, when you say what you're going to do, tell me what that looks like. If you're a warrior, I want to see a beat-by-beat beat action kind of uh, little scene. If you're a wizard uh, or a warlock, I want to see what you do to make the magic you know make the magic happen whether that's this the spell components that they use you know how uh how their character looks while they're casting it if their hair lifts up because they're about to use some lightning spell or something uh, whatever it is you know set that expectation at the top of the round emulate it yourself and then you know encourage players through either giving them inspiration or some other kind of you know benefit for their role playing if you do that then it'll be much more natural and it'll add a lot of flavor to the combat <clears throat> uh tip three teach your players how to fight a lot of dms you know and a lot of players there's some players who take to fighting like a duck to water and others take to it like a brick to water and that's not anything against them it's more a matter of what their experience has been if someone's played D&D a lot, or if they've played D&D uh, with certain groups who are very much about min-maxing and, you know, sharing cool builds for characters, if, if a player's done that, then they'll probably be more familiar with how to build a, a well, a, well, a fun character to play in combat. But a lot of other people, like for me, I had the, when I was getting started, I had a hard time because, you know, I was just using you know, just the basic, just the very basic info um, that I found online. I wasn't finding about different, you know, different archetypes, different spells, different feats. 
And, and the play got a little stale for me, frankly. And, and this was just at the start. And then some people helped me kind of branch out and find out how colorful of, of a world uh, it is and what kind of players, characters you can create. Uh, you as a DM really need to help that happen for your players. And, and doubly so for new players. Uh, like my wife, I, I feel like she hasn't played. Uh, luckily, she made some friends at work who uh, she was kind of telling me, she's like, oh my goodness, I, there's this one girl at work and she's like really cool, but she likes D&D. That's kind of weird. And I was like, is it? <laughs> but regardless, there could be a future uh, where I'm playing D&D with her soon for the first time. And if I don't help her create a fun character to play, then of course she's not going to come back to it because it's like, hey, aside from the role playing, which, you know, and the conversations, which some people have a hard time uh, loosening up for, the combat aspect, like I said, if that's uh, lagging behind, then, I mean, why are they playing D&D? That's probably what will come to their mind and it should come to your mind. And so, you know, how really dig into you know various different classes and what fun ways there are to play them so that you can help your players do the same um don't get complacent well, not complacent but like I, I know dms are busy but if you take some time and look up different uh different types of characters that you can that you can build and the different kind of fun methods of play then you can help your players do the same uh, tip number four, uh, we're getting near the end here. Justin and I and I have talked about this before, uh, but Justin and I are really big fans of turning failure into uh, opportunity um, or kind of like failing forward, so to speak. And I don't mean that like, oh, when a player fails to hit, oh, uh, they glanced and hurt the enemy for like three points or something. No. What I'm saying is if the, if something happens, like if there is a critical fail, instead of having it be like, oh, the player just lost a, a billion hit points and now they're just further down and that kind of sucks for them. While that's okay, and, and certainly if you play it that way, you know, a lot of people are used to that. I think that there's a higher way, so to speak, of, you know, of making it so that if they do get a critical fail, maybe them and the enemy who knows maybe they fall into a uh, a crevasse or a chasm or something and uh and they have to fight out down there without the weapons because they dropped them and it becomes a fun fist fight or something you know that's just kind of that's maybe an extreme example but an example of how like hey if combat's getting slow maybe turn the next failure or the next miss of a player um into something that you can narratively be like oh hey the environment the uh, the situation of combat for both you and the enemy changes. And this is an interest and suddenly it becomes an interesting opportunity. Uh, what you, but that's not an easy thing to do in the moment. You certainly can with practice. I would recommend, uh, if you know what an encounter is, uh, is, uh, entails, sorry. If you know what an encounter entails going forward, go into it, uh, just plan a few ways that, you know, when a player messes up, or their enemy messes up how uh, how that failure or that miss can lead into something unique and something new that can shake up the combat. Um, tip number five, final tip for today, uh, uh, not 
Not the final tip out there for combat, that's for sure. But the final tip I'm going to give you um, is use the environment. Whether it be traps, the ground that the, that the combat's happening on, um, or something else. Uh, if you can turn a normal fight uh, with basic enemies into something that revolves around kind of a central mechanic, like an environmental mechanic, then suddenly a normal fight becomes an interesting fight. Um, so, you know, I know that the classic, uh, you know, a lot of adventures start out with, oh, the players are on a road, they're traveling like, like in a car caravan, or they're just walking down the road. And suddenly a bunch of orcs or, or just any other kind of thing, like, or bandits or something comes out and then they have a normal fight. It's just, it's a classic, oh, see what your players uh, are doing, you know, what their different moves are and, and what they're about. That's very classic. And certainly with the first encounter of a, an adventure, that's normal. But if you don't change something about the environment, uh, well, rather, if you did change something about that environment, like, oh, they have to work around a big old log, right? Um, that kind of obstructs the flow of combat um, or adds an opportunity for different types of combat. If you don't, add, if you add that, then it's going to up, like just kind of update the whole scenario, make it much more fun. Uh, the same goes for if you have a typical enemy, but then you just add like something a little unique, right? Uh, maybe it's an enemy that acts as a swarm. Swarms can be annoying, but it also can be, you know, something different from just like, oh, beat him up, you know, because they have to think about, uh, you know, the mechanics of a swarm and things like that. I would just really encourage anytime that you have a normal quote unquote combat, take a look at the surrounding, take a look at the enemies and figure out if you can just add one thing that, that doesn't break the combat but rather is an opportunity for the players to play differently than normal, right? And always keep your, your player composition in mind with this. Uh, if there's certain players, especially the ones who already have a hard time being involved, if their player just automatically wouldn't be able to affect the creature because, oh, it's incorporeal or something, then, then I mean, that's your playing... Uh, to the wrong players. You have to prepare combats with uh, with everybody in mind. And so, honestly, like I said, there are so many different combat tips out there. Uh, and and while I encourage you to use the five that I have suggested because they, I, I've seen them to work time and time again. Uh, honestly, if you if you already do these and you still feel like something's missing, um, look online. There's so many combat tips, so many, you know, even some homebrewed uh, combat tips that really, really just pick up the pace. They add flavor and, and I can't recommend them enough. So, my friends, I really hope that you have a wonderful, uh, enjoyable time with your friends, where, whether it's in combats or outside of it. And until next time, let's roll initiative. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. 
go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter, sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that frankly no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week.